Apple tree here. What is that? <laughs> when you get a Game Pass three three month from Best Buy, they give you this card. Oh, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, for free. What is uh, it? It's like an Xbox, like gold, like a card. It's oh, like whenever they used to give yeah. out a, they used to give Me? out a, uh, what is it called? The achievement yeah, trophies. Like yeah, you, if you had a higher like game score, they would actually send out trophies to you. Yeah, it's pretty oh, dope. Let's try this right. Yeah. Okay, we are now live. Hello, everybody, hey. and welcome to episode number four of the Last Place Fire Team Show. Uh, I'm your host for this week, Yendi, along with my co-host Alan. Hey, what's up, everybody? How you guys doing? And Chris. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. So today on the show, we will be talking about the new PS5 VR headset, which was announced. We'll be talking about Metallica and their BlizzCon <laughs> performance that was ruined by Twitch. Days Gone and maybe other PlayStation games coming to PC. Avatar finds a new showrunner. And then we'll be talking a little bit about Amazon Luna, which Alan has. But... Before we start there, let me just ask you guys, what have you been up to? What have you been playing? What's up, uh, Chris? So uh, I've been slam packed with work, but I've been finding the time to uh, play uh, the first Little Nightmares after we had our show with Charles. Mm -hmm. And he, since he talked so highly about it, um, I was like, I have to give it a chance because I played inside. I haven't played Limbo or, Lo Lo or whatever. I think it's called Limbo. Um, that game is very creepy. It is like he was right. Like it's it's out there, but and I love it. I'm trying to rush through it so I can get to the second one because I heard the second one is way better. Uh, and I've also been playing um, Valheim, the game that we were talking about last week. I put in many hours with you, Yandy. Yeah. And I'm fully addicted into it. I, like I can't <laughs> get enough of it. <laughs> so it's, yeah. uh, it's it's very nice. It's very calming yeah. game to play just to spend time. You know. Um, what about you, Alan? What have you been up to playing uh, and all that stuff? Well, we talked about this a little bit before the show. I've been playing, uh, messing around with Luna, but I'll save most of that for uh, later. I've been playing Apex, like little bit, little two, three games here, there, you know what I mean? Trying to get my skills back. I've been really enjoying season eight. Um, I'm still mad that they need to do cross progress, but it's okay. And yeah, then how, how uh, do they have crossplay but not cross progress? I don't know, and it's very <laughs> upsetting because like I have, I don't even know how much time I have on Apex on my well, console, but yeah, like you know why they're doing it though? Yeah, you know so I can buy it. it. So you can rebuy the stuff. Yeah, because I, I was about to say like there's really no excuse because you already got past the hard part mm -hmm. of getting your game going cross platform. That's the yeah. hardest part. So why can't I take my save? Like a cloud, like the iPhone, like I, I can literally take, I buy a new iPhone and then whoop. And it's like, here's all your stuff yeah. transferred over. You're good. Like it's, the, fact it's that they, the fact that they got it on switch, there's no yeah. technical limitations or excuses for them not to have no. cross progression anymore. But. And it's just a small file. Like it's such a small save file. It's not like this big, you know, extraordinary thing, whatever. But I've been, you know, good thing. I've, I played lifeline a lot and I played a lot of Bloodhound, So. It's fine. Yeah. And then today I actually started Hades, which I'm already addicted to. And uh, yeah, I played it for about two hours before the show started. I'm actually going to stream it at some point. But um, I can see why everyone got hooked to that game because um, that game is easily, uh, you know, 
just addictive. Super the music addictive. is great. The little backstories in the background is great. Like I'm buying the soundtrack. Like, yeah, I'm trying to get a, a little record player. I want the vinyl soundtrack. Yeah. Voice <laughs> acting is phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, it's I, good. For an indie, I mean, Supergiant being, I mean, they... they I wouldn't call it indie anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like with Supergiant, I mean, they, they were indie, but I mean, they just, they... I've never been disappointed by a Supergiant game. I mean, Transistor was amazing. I mean, Hades already, like I said, for two hours has been amazing. So another game that wasn't up my because I'm not into rogue rogue like games like that. And that was another game that I kept hearing people talk about and I took a chance on it and I ended up following. It's like one of my top games also. Um, It's up there. And then uh, I mean, now you can understand, Alan, why I don't know if you saw on Twitter after the whole Nintendo stuff with um, Mm -hmm. People were upset also about Hades that they were just like it, it's in physical form and everybody's like yeah does it does it come with more stuff do we get more yeah. content and it's like no, now I, you get an art book and everybody's like yeah. well that sucks and then but people still bought it because they want the art book yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I completely understood that but I mean it is uh, I mean like I said Super Giant just great the yeah. game is fantastic and I'm looking forward to playing for a couple nice. hours nice nice. Uh, as for myself, I, uh, I've been playing Valheim with Chris, really. Uh, but lately, I haven't been able to really do much except work on some uh, mice orders. All okay. of a sudden, I got a big influx of that, so I've been spending most of my time doing that. Uh, yeah, that's good. That's good, though. Yeah, it's 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 really good, but it's, it takes up the entire day. But uh, yeah. I mean, other than that, yeah, it's pretty it's pretty uh pretty normal week for me. Uh, so. Let's go ahead and get into... Oh, you know what? Before I get into the stories, let me show oh, you man. something that our uh, our friend Charles made for us. Check it out. Nice. Yeah, so thank you for that, Charles. Uh, he got uh, one for each of us, so sooner or later you'll have uh, all three of us wearing the same shirt. So For the podcast again, audience, he showed us a shirt. Just oh, yeah, yeah, true. I forgot. <laughs> We're on podcast. <laughs> I forgot about that part. Okay, so with that out of the way, let's go ahead and start with with our first story for the day. So Sony has announced that the PlayStation 5 will have a VR headset. Uh, This is from Jonathan Dornbush over at IGN.com. Quote, PlayStation has announced the next generation of its PSVR headset, but it won't necessarily be called PlayStation VR 2, and it won't be coming in 2021. Oh, Sony confirmed that PSVR 2 will come to PS5 and will, quote, connect to PS5 with a single cord to simplify setup and improve ease of use while enabling a high-fidelity visual experience. It's described as a next-gen VR system that enhances everything from resolution and field of view to tracking and input. No mm. images have been released of the device. Chris. What do you think? I know you have a VR uh, headset. I got Oculus and I've told, I've gotten questions at work to uh, somebody was like, Hey man, should I get a PSVR or, or, or an Oculus? To me, the PSVR is an accessory. The Oculus is actual VR. Like, you know what I mean? And they have, I mean, I was interested. I know people that have the P- PlayStation VR and they like it. If you're not fully into the world of virtual reality, you just like, you know, you want to dabble in it a little bit. PSVR is great. I don't like the controllers per se. And then what they did with um, Hitman VR, which I really want to play. I really want to play, but I don't want to get a PlayStation VR. And also 
you have to use the controller, the PS5 controller. So there was a streamer that I was watching and he's playing Hitman and he has the PSVR and he's sitting in his chair and to like hit somebody, he's like shaking his controller like this across. <laughs> and I'm like, Who, whose idea was this? <laughs> you know and what you I mean? have a camera on that uh, guy. Oh, it was so bad. He, he made sure, I mean, he was doing a, a review on the game and he made sure he's like, I want you to see how dumb I look and how uncomfortable this is <laughs> for me to play this game. Um, but it's just one of those things, man. It's uh, it's gonna be. I I'm hoping that they put a little bit more money into it, um, and I hope they get better controllers for it. But I want them to be able to. I want the PlayStation Five to support other VR sets because I'm not gonna get PSVR. You know what I mean? It, I, if I have a strong enough VR, you should just let me play my my VR on there. I should just be able to hook it up and go not gonna happen i know it's not gonna happen because it's the cash grab and a lot of people i mean they the the thing with sony is um i mean with other companies coming out with vr even nintendo tried to make their own i don't even know how that worked but it was a virtual reality yeah, yeah the the cardboard box thing it seemed to work mm -hmm. people thought it was cool but it's causing these other uh it's causing like oculus and and hcc to drop their prices to kind of match out with them Cause that first one VR came out in Oculus, the first Oculus was like a grand. It was like two, it was like a thousand dollars to get one. Yeah. So Not very accessible for people. Yeah. So it's safe to say you probably won't be getting the I won't be getting it. VR. I hope it does well. If they change up the controller, they have something in their hands and, um, they have to support it because so far what I've seen is that, you know, the whole package of the PS5 was get the, you know, you need your controllers, but they tried to push the PS, uh, the PS camera, the PlayStation camera again with the console and they did it with the ps4 and i remember people went nuts trying to find it it was sold out everywhere for a long time i actually got one and they never i think they put astro's playroom on it and that was the only thing that was it and they never gave support no other game gave it support so it kind of died off so they 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 have to support the vr system or they're going to get a lot of backlash for it they can't just keep porting uh beat saber and give us more songs and say hey this is virtual reality here it is <laughs> so Last question before I move on to Alan's thoughts. Which which game do you want to see on VR? Any game. Oh, man. I'd like a better... You know what? I'd say Battlefront 2. I'd like Star Wars Battlefront 2 to like kind of go through. Because I know they have, a, they have Vader Immortal, which I haven't played yet. People say it looks great. Um, I've read reviews on it, watched videos on it. It looks really cool. The story was really cool. But um, I would like to be in that Star Wars world more, like a little bit more open. I know Star Wars Squadron is pretty cool because you can look around your ship while you're fighting. Um, but yeah, that, that'd probably be it. That or Ratchet oh, yeah. and Clank. I think Ratchet and Clank would be a fun uh, game too that you can grapple and shoot around and stuff. I think it'd be pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. That Battlefield, I'm sorry, Battlefield. <laughs> Battlefront. <laughs> that that Battlefront game, that, that the audio needs to be like, Excellent. Yeah. To really be immersed, you know. But uh, okay, Alan, what what do you think about the the new PlayStation headset coming to PS5? I mean, I like it. Um, I'm not a fan of VR per se. Uh, it gets me sick every time I've played it. Uh, but I like, you know, they have to be innovative in some way and do more things. And VR is a market for some people, so I I completely understand the move. I just don't know if console people are into VR as much. I know, but I mean, that's also saying like, you know, computer had it first. So I don't know who the market or who you're targeting for VR. 
because you need certain games to get people to be invested into VR. Even though I thought Resident Evil was hilarious to watch people playing VR. Because, I mean, that was spectacular. But I don't know who this is for, per se, besides the VR people. But if you're not supporting it, like Chris says, then you just kind of have people have a VR and they're not playing anything. And then it kind of like, well, why do I have this system? Or why am I going to buy this accessory? If you're not going to have, like, you know, at least 20 titles for it, minimum. So, um I, like I said, me personally, I don't play VR that much. I don't, I, it gets me sick every time I've played it. But I mean, it's a good step. I feel like uh, PlayStation did uh, VR, the original VR had to be somewhat successful for them to be like, hey, we're going to do another one. So, Project I mean, Morpheus. I'm all for it. You know, <laughs> let's see what happens. Uh, if, if I had to pick a game, I think an awesome game would be uh, if you could make a Matrix style game for it. I think like (laughs) an old school, if you could like either remaster Enter the Matrix and stuff and like do the whole like when you're getting connected kind of thing, like I think that'd be dope, but who knows? I think the closest they got got to that game was, uh, I think it's called like Super Hot or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Super Hot was pretty dope. Yeah, it's kind of like Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, but uh, to touch on your, the, the whole sickness thing, a lot of people, uh, I will say that if you do have the money, right, to be able to get a starter VR and then later on upgrade whenever you build a PC, which I hope, I, I mean, that, that's where everybody's going. Everybody's going to get a, play, a computer. All right. It's, it's way too easy to build one now. Um, uh, what I've learned with my VR set is that you actually have to train yourself like to get used to it. There's different, yeah. the way you look at VR games with the ratings, like rated E for everyone team, you know, and um, next to it, they have for virtual reality, they have a little symbol that tells you like, Hey, this is for rookie VR players. So like beat Saber is considered rookie VR because you're standing there and you're just moving your arms. Yeah. Right. I exactly. went, I went from, I was like, oh, okay, I got beat Saber, you know, cause that's a game that everybody gets. The next game I got was Bonesaw because it looked cool. I want to run around, grab a gun, throw it, throw things, you know. But when as soon as I moved the analog to walk, my mind was telling me like, "Hey, your legs aren't moving, but you're moving. Like I'm seeing you move. So what's what's going on here?" And that's when I started to feel sick. So I've been spending like I've been progressively like training, like playing different games that get me up to that like expert VR, like experienced VR player, so I can get used to it because I really want to play Half Life Alex and not get sick. So I'm worried. I, yeah. yeah, so it's a, it's a good, I will say it will probably be a good uh, starter uh, VR set. Nice. Well, I, I have yet to try any VR headset. So in my eyes, I always saw the PSVR as a, a good entry point because of the price and uh, the, the games available. I don't know if you guys know, but No Man's Sky is mm. a VR game. And you can actually play it on your Oculus as well. Oh, yeah, you got to try VR, that too. Which is pretty yeah. cool. But for me, I think it's it's a good entry point because it's cheap and because uh, I don't want to spend a thousand dollars over. No. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's just I, I I don't know if I'm gonna even like it. Am I gonna get sick when I when I start using it? I have no idea. And there's not a lot of games out there for me to be to to want to spend that much money. And and if I do it, it's just going to sit there until something does come along that makes me use it. So there's no point, or there hasn't been a point for me to get it. The only other game besides No Man's Sky that even interests me in the, the least is uh, Half-Life. Uh, because it's, it's got great 
great reviews everywhere. So mm -hmm. that'd be the only reason. But until I know I have a nice library of games to play, th there's no point for me personally. But if I do get a PS5 or when I get a PS5, I will consider the PSVR if the price point is right. So, yeah. Well, lucky yeah. for you, like whenever we're able to actually get together, I'll have to get the VR out and so you guys can try it. Because <laughs> that's, yeah. that's the only yeah. reason why I got one because my brother-in-law had one and I got to try it out. I was like, yeah, this is something I definitely can see myself playing for hours. <laughs> All right, so moving on to story number two. Let's talk about Metallica's BlizzCon performance that was ruined by Twitch. I'm going to put a link in the chat to the article so you can watch the video. But in the meantime, <laughs> let me go ahead and read from it. It should uh, have a... <laughs> this is from Gabe Gerwin over at GameSpot. Quote, this Metallica performance didn't fade to black, but what happened may have been even worse. The BlizzCon re veterans returned for this year's only oh, online-only BlizzCon line festivities, but the thrash metal band's performance was ruined by a most unlikely culprit, Twitch. Right, right in the middle of one of its songs, the audio was replaced by some easy-listening bell music, presumably to avoid having Blizzard banned for a false DMCA <laughs> notice. <laughs> Uh, the clip which esports expert uh, Rob Breslau uh, shared on Twitter shows the band rocking out with lead guitarist Kirk Hammett shredding, <laughs> completely unaware that people were hearing what sounded like the main menu music for a Teletubbies game. On the plus side, <laughs> on the plus side, that titty snare drum couldn't be heard. Oh, <laughs> okay. no. I didn't know they did that. Like, I, I just thought yeah. they got no. muted. I watched this today, and I—it's <laughs> classic. It's I classic. I couldn't believe that this was something that actually happened. Like, Twitch has a big problem on their hands. How are mm -hmm. they going to have a platform that you can stream your games on and not be allowed to have, you know, background music that—that's this popular? I—I I get it, but they should have worked out some kind of deal with the was it called Ria or mm -hmm. ASCAP, you know, places like that. They—they they need to have something like that in place because it's just it's a part of the streaming um aspect Experience. you know like yeah. you want to have music in the background for your lit for your viewers to to if i played it with, if i actually you know? played it on the podcast would would we get anything no because that? the thing is is the no. it's bells like they that it's it, they literally yeah, play dmc free music on the live stream itself so like we can't get in trouble for it because that's what they did on their stream. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, on. so I, I think that's pretty silly. Uh, Alan, what, what do you think about this uh, this whole D, DMCA nonsense yeah. going on with Twitch? Exactly like you said, it's complete nonsense. Um, I, I mean, I'm happy it happened just because how ridiculous it was watching it because I watched it live and I legit like walked away for a second. I mean, I love Metallica. I walked away for a second. I'm listening to the song. And then I start hearing these bells and stuff. And I'm thinking, oh, maybe they cut to like a waiting screen. Until I get back to my screen and I'm seeing them rocking out to like legit Teletubbies, like walk-in music. And I'm dying at this point. Like I was laughing so hard. I could not like, I couldn't breathe. It was hilarious because I'm like, did they really just DMC? Like they prevented a DMC strike from themselves. Which is interesting because Twitch's whole rule behind this DMC thing doesn't make any sense to me because you can actually play music if you're live as long as you don't save the, the VOD. So 
I don't know if the rule is you can't play it at all if you're like a bigger streamer because I, I that's what I would assume it is. But like from what I understood is you can't get a DMC if it's not saved to like your VOD or anything like that. But I don't there's no there's no like real guideline, even though they send people these guidelines. But then you got this whole experience where they were like, oh, well, we're going to have like a soundtrack and get like like. Twitch is ran by Amazon. Like I and you can get Amazon Music. I don't understand how there's not an a an Amazon Music and a Twitch partnership in the same company. It makes no sense <laughs> to me that you can't play if I pay because if the funny thing is you can do a watch party of Amazon Video like so I feel like if if you have if you agree to have your music on Amazon Music then you should be able to use it on Twitch as like part of the guideline or work out the plan or whatever you have to do. But like, also like we talked about last week where people are promoting games like through streams and stuff like that, like you're getting a better, like a wide range of marketing. Cause uh, by like, if people are listening to your music, cause I know a lot of big streamers who play music and people go, Oh, where the, what's that song? Or what's the name of that song? And they go download it or they go find it or go seek it out. And I feel, and the funny thing is that you have some of these streamers who are legit ask, uh, asking some of these indie artists, hey, can I use your music? And they're saying yes. So, like, I know it's a whole record label thing and the music industry is just, you know, the music industry, but Twitch really needs to find a way to fix these guidelines and, like, legit say, hey, Amazon, we're under the same umbrella. If they have Amazon music, can they use their music? That's it. Yeah. And I've been, uh... that's how I feel about that. <laughs> I'm I'm one of those streamers that tried to ask an artist to uh, let me stream their music. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's still pending. Alan Stone. It's been probably <laughs> six months. Six months now. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, I, there's no surprise here, man. There's no surprise, and it's no. I I think this was a wake up call for Twitch because it's embarrassing, man. It's it's you're shooing away people because now you lost all those people. Probably went to the normal um, uh, BlizzCon link to watch the show because they're like, if this, if they do another live performance, I'm not missing out. Like, you know what I mean? So it already takes people away from your site and jumps over to the next site and you're losing your viewers. It doesn't work out that way. <laughs> I, I wanted to know, uh, they don't have a comment from, from Metallica at all. Right. They didn't, they probably didn't even no. know. They're like, I don't even know what, what a Twitch is, whatever. No. <laughs> That's Actually, crazy. Oh yeah. 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 You're, no, no, nothing. Uh, to to me the the fact that Twitch, you know, being as big as they are, couldn't they have, you know, thought of this thought ahead and and been like, hey, artists, can we use your music? Blah blah. blah. It, it just doesn't make sense. I, I would understand a small streamer, a nobody, just yeah. using really popular music, but somebody as big as Twitch, like that the- sounds like poor planning on my on my end on their end. The thing is that, you know, most of the DMC strikes are actually botted. It's not like um, a human is actually listening to your stream because, I mean, realistically, you've got, what, millions of people streaming now. So, like, they can't just go into everyone's stream to actually listen. But I think what what they was happening was like, oh, we didn't turn off that bot system. So, like, once this VOD gets saved or if we have to send that video out to Blizzard or to get on YouTube or whatever the case may be, like, it's going to get DMC'd if it's saved. So we didn't want it to be banned because BlizzCon is, you know, a three-day event. 
So like they didn't want their channel to get banned because that's also a whole process that's an, uh, automated. So if they would have gotten banned, they would have to go through the whole system of unbanning them before the next show started, which I guess they didn't, like you said, didn't plan ahead. So they were completely like, uh, I guess panicked and was like, let's play some elevator music. <laughs> so with that being said, do you think that Twitch would be in trouble if they get another competitor that has that worked out, that has that musical element, you know, ready to go for streamers? Or do you think Twitch is just too big to really be toppled by somebody, by a starter? I think it's a a combination. I think it's hard because the simple fact that you have to be able to have a certain backing and a lot you need. Realistically, you need a lot of the top people to leave Twitch. Because, I mean, Mixer tried it. And Mixer came in with a lot of money and they came in with a lot of like power trying to to you know back their service and stuff like that and they got big names but we saw what happened with that i mean they didn't you have to be innovative in a certain way because it's always hard to pull people from the first thing so like if you it's you know you can pull some people away but it's always like twitch is always going to be well this is the first platform a lot of people know about you know what i mean and now that they're backed by Amazon, they also have an unlimited amount of money now. So it's like, hey, this big streamer, you guys, uh, do you want to leave really? Because we can offer you X amount of money now. And I mean, they can sign people now that they didn't have that resource in the past. So I think it would be a nice element and some people would leave. But I think I just think Twitch and YouTube, like as separate kind of entities are just in their league of their own like you can't create another style of youtube and you can't create another style of twitch it's just to i think if youtube is the only person or only company i think that can make a difference because they already have such a huge platform already and then a lot of the people who are like have big names on twitch are also big youtubers so i think if if youtube could fix their system and make it like really work really well because it's hard to find a live stream on youtube like it's not as easy as it is on twitch like the whole follow system is all wacky and stuff like that but i think if they fix that for live streaming since they have such a big audience already i think they're the only people that can compete with twitch if they really got serious about live streaming and uh what about you chris um well just real quick for the podcasters uh i will have or we'll have the links in the description so you guys can listen to it uh, I will prepare it next time, like where we can just share the screen and play those little jingles and stuff like that. Um, for me, I mean, I don't really have much else to say about it. I, I agree with Alan with the whole contract. Like it's, it's, it's going to be a while in my opinion for that because everybody's going for that cash grab. All right. So whenever Mixer came out and Ninja went over, right. And they, they offered the contract. YouTube did the same thing. They started pulling people and trying to offer contracts to try to, not like take, not try to beat out Twitch, but like, you know, um, just to show like, hey, we're here. <laughs> but so far, none of them have changed anything. Everybody's still the same. You know what I mean? So even when um, just the whole DMCA thing, apparently it was, I mean, it's always been there on Twitch, correct? Like it's always been a mm-hmm. thing. It's, it's, just, been- it's just recently, it's just starting to crack down. And unfortunately, it's only for the bigger streamers. It's only for that giant brand, and that's it. Because it's easy to click on the front page and be like, "Oh, that guy's listening to music." Bye. Whereas me, like, if I'm all the way at the bottom of a list, they're gonna be like, "Oh, yeah, like you know, you're not gonna catch me as quickly." <laughs> yeah. 
but I, as for like the Metallica thing, man, I, I don't have much else to say. I'm not surprised it happened. And I, and I'm hoping that they are working on it as we speak. Yeah. I, it's, they have to fix it. They have to fix Get it. Cause I, it Get should, um, it also hurts like in my opinion, cause I just thought about this. I, it hurts the, uh, I don't know how it works for the music. There's a music genre on Twitch. There's a mm -hmm. whole, like how we're on the just chatting genre mm -hmm. for podcasting. There's a whole music genre. There's a guy I watch that I think his name's Seth Drums, and he just like his whole stream is him in a studio jamming out on the drum set. Like what happens there? <laughs> you know what I well, mean? Well, for for that it's different because like if it's his own style of music or like if he's not he's playing, playing over tracks. He's playing like he'll go to YouTube. People request track tracks and the like. I'll oh, play to this, and he adds his own fills to to yeah. the music. Well, that 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 changes the DMC law right there. So like it's not the same because you're adding or changing. It's like a cover. Like YouTube can't DMC a cover of a song if you're uh, not because certain elements of the song is changing, so it's not the same exact song. Gotcha. Well, then there you yeah. go. It's different. All right, so let's move on to the next story. Uh, Days Gone is coming to PC as well as some other games. This is from Ethan Gatch over at Kotaku. He says, "Quote: Open world zombie slaughter sim Days Gone will be the latest first-party Sony game to get ported to PC." British GQ reports in a new interview with Sony Interactive boss Jim Ryan. The news was later confirmed on Twitter by Days Gone maker Sony Ben Studio. Quote, what about PlayStation games on PC? A whole slate of them is on the way, starting with Days Gone this spring, the magazine writes. Sony began bringing its coveted PS4 exclusives to PC last July with Death Stranding, followed in August by Horizon Zero Dawn. The comp... The company announced in an investor call around the same time that would continue to explore bringing first-party games to the platform, and Ben Studios' 2019 third-person action game will be next. Are you guys excited to have more PS4 or PlayStation exclusives on PC? For sure, Chris. I, I'm I'm very excited. Uh, I'm you know because my PC right now is obviously stronger than the PlayStation. Um, <clears throat> I mean, it's going to be, I'm, it's going to be a rough start, right? Cause we saw it with horizon zero dawn where it had a very rough start. I, I was, I wanted to get, get it for the PC, but apparently it just did not work for the All longest time. I now, if you look it. at it though, those comments on steam and everything is mostly positive. Um, yeah. people are loving it. I think it's the right move. And I'm glad we have something like Steam that they're able to do that on because if Microsoft was running by Steam, we would not see any PlayStation games on here. You know what I mean? But I'm glad that everybody's able to give um, to give uh, these games a chance because God of War, so many people wanted to play it and they're able to support it even more now throughout throughout the thing. The only complaint I have is whenever they port these games, they come at full price. Whereas mm -hmm. in, and that's where they start to lose some people because it's just like, oh, I might as well just invest well, in a console and Horizon try to... wasn't full price. No, it was 40 bucks, I believe. Yeah, with was it? Yeah, yeah, with all the DLC. But yeah, continue. Well, then there you go. Um, what about Death Stranding? Because Death Stranding was a little bit newer I think than... that was full price that, for sure. Yeah, that was 60 yeah. bucks. Yeah. But that game, the port for that game was pretty close to release. I don't think it took mm -hmm. a year, did it? I don't know. Actually, I'm not sure. It took no. a while. Oh, oh, you want to yeah. go ahead and finish your thoughts? There? It's uh, it's it's gonna be that thing where it's just we're gonna start seeing it more consistently. I don't know what the time frames are for, um, 
you know, I'm pretty sure they're going to start doing that thing where uh, whenever they do a presentation, it's like, oh, you know, Horizon Forbidden West and it plays first on PlayStation uh, comes to PC this date and it'll be like, you know, six months later or something like that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing that a lot more. I'm kind of glad the way it's going because it's it's just a way for I finally feel like the companies are actually working for gamers, not just for they're still going for the cash grab. But at least okay. for this, it's just like I we made something great and we want everybody to experience it. Um, they're the call console war thing of like trying to get this system or that system is kind of going out the window slowly. Um, and I hope it continues going that way. Uh, which uh, which PlayStation exclusive would you like to see on PC next? Ooh, do you think something gotcha. like Uncharted or Last of Us will ever see a PC release? I feel like Uncharted Ooh. should come to PC, uh, because you have um, wait is a uh, no because uh, Tomb Raider's on PC. Uh, you can have a whole genre of those games. I feel like there's not a lot of adventure games. Uh, for any other console except for PlayStation right now. Uh, that's yeah. in that aspect, like treasure hunting games and stuff like that. Um, it's to say, are, I'm wondering, I mean, I want to get your opinions on this too. I know like, uh, you know how Bethesda got bought by Microsoft and uh, they're doing the Indiana Jones game, right? It's from Bethesda or is it from, okay. Yeah. So it's probably going to be Xbox exclusive, but it's going to be on PC. You know what I mean? So I'm wondering if what if PlayStation plans on partnering with somebody and in my opinion, it's probably like if, if they were going to go with somebody, it'd probably be Epic games or something, but it's just like, Hey, it's mm. going to be on PlayStation and Epic games. <laughs> and they'll, and they'll continue their partnership that way. But I want to, so is there any specific game you want for, for PC? When you said uncharted that, but also, man, I would love probably ghost of Tsushima right now. I think ghost of Tsushima should be on PC. <laughs> for sure i think because they since they added online um i'd love to see that port and that game deserves way more praise uh than okay. it has now what about you alan what do you think about days gone coming to pc along with other games and which game would you like to see i to love that uh sony is doing this i do think they're doing this for separate cause though i do believe they are doing this so that they can still get people to buy a PlayStation. I just think they're using a different strategy, a very unique strategy, which I am all for because I understand. Um, I think what they're doing is we're going to release our games on our consoles first. We're going to wait, make you wait a year or two or whatever, how long they are. And by the time you've played it on PC, the next version of that game should be out. So like, if you notice, Horizon Zero Dawn came out in the summer. By the time Horizon Zero Dawn 2 has come out, people have already had about the same amount of time that they played it on PlayStation. So now, if I want to play the next Horizon Zero Dawn, I have to go get a PS5. So I don't think they're... And then they're going to make you wait because it's like, hey, you're going to wait two years or are you going to get a PlayStation? And, it, yeah. and uh, there's going to be a percentage of people who are like, well, I'm not going to wait two years. I want to play Horizon because I love it that much. And I'm going to go buy a PlayStation. So I think that's the way that they're doing it, which is very smart because you're still opening your, you're still opening the the fan base and you're giving more people an opportunity to play these games, which is really to me is the point is to get as many people as you can to play these games. But I still, I still think Sony's doing it kind of selfishly just so you can still go out and buy Sony products. 
Um, I don't think they're doing it as cohesive as Microsoft for a reason, because like, I feel like with Microsoft, it is more of a like, well, we are, you have to have windows on your PC. So if you get a PC, you're most likely getting windows anyway. So there's no point of us not putting it on PC at the same time as we put it on our console, because more than likely you're going to, you have to have windows 10 anyway. So they're like, well, you're going to have to buy this, this operating system anyway. So you know what? Here you go. And I think that's where, uh, that's why it's so cohesive for Microsoft. But with Sony, like I said, I think they're doing it this way. And it's great because everyone's going to get a chance to play these games. I do wish that it's not as rough at the beginning because every title they've had that has come out as a port has been like problematic. But I think they'll work out the kinks the more they come out. And um, I agree with you. I think Uncharted would be like the perfect game because uh, not only could you sell the collector's edition and then have about three games, you could have like, even if you wanted to start off slow, you could just do one and two. And then obviously, you know, like stagger three, or you can have them all come out at the same time kind of thing. Or you can do what kind of like what Microsoft did with the Master Chief collection, where you have them come out like you have part one come out you wait about two months and then you have part two come out and i think it'd be a nice spread and still have them just pay the one price for it but just have a staggered release for it i think that'd be the one of the best games they could release on also uncharted 2 is just a masterpiece so there's that (laughs) yeah i'm all for having playstation exclusives on pc uh i would love 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 to play uncharted again all of them. Uh, and as far as which ones I think would come to PC, it'd probably be the Nathan Drake collection yeah. just right off the bat. One, two, what is it? Mm-hmm. One, two, three. And then yeah. have four released later on. But um, yeah, I I look, I really want to see Uncharted. Last of Us would be a great, great game to play on PC and high fidelity and all that. Uh, and I I think this is a great, a great thing for PC players to have such high quality games you know i just Um, feel like they're gonna have i think the one thing that's gonna cause them problems is that with playstation exclusives obviously they they're building towards the system they the studio is using playstation 5 systems to make you know to make the game and now that we have you know haptic uh senses in the controller and stuff like that i'm wondering if that coding and stuff is gonna mess with with the game because the thing is you could have that feature turned off I mean, like you can turn it off, yeah, but it's if it's there, like, how was the? Well, that's what I'm react? saying. They would, they would just send the coding of the turned off version, not it with it, like. Yeah, but you know, they're not going to do that at first. They. What's that? Huh? Which specific features, controller features, are you guys talking about? You talking about the the new Dual Sense? Yeah, 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 yeah. So. I mean, but for older games, though, they older games won't use yeah. it because they're last gen, anyways. No, they right? won't use it. But I'm saying for the new, as we get into the newer generation of games will it will it affect it and yeah we say like oh they'll send it without that coding but you know at first they're just gonna be like yeah port it over and let's go <laughs> you know i oh, think actually uh steam has already been working with playstation for the the previous controller to have those kind of features enabled yeah. on steam games so that's that's steam i don't know if epic games will do the same thing or or gog or anything like that but yeah they have the ability to have uh, what do they call the 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 haptic? Dual, yeah, the haptic information mm-hmm. work for uh, PC. So I think it'll just matter of time before the DualSense has everything working on PC ports. So 
Yeah. yeah, and also the company that makes the PlayStation controller is actually working out deals to make other consoles controllers. Uh, there's a uh, like this is like a deep cut rumor, and this is only because I'm into stocks. But they um they are in talks with Microsoft currently actually into making Microsoft controllers from here on out. But we'll see if that um deal happens. I hope it does, and that's completely for selfish reasons. But I do hope that <laughs> yeah. it does happen. <laughs> but going back real quick, since we're because uh, I brought up the haptic thing, uh, back to the PSVR. Uh, game changer because I'm thinking about it. If they get a controller, right? If I can get a controller like the Oculus controller, the hand controllers, they feel really comfortable with the haptic senses. Eh, it's a game changer. <laughs> that, that'll be that'll think, uh, that one. I'd be, at that point, I'd be like, oh man, I kind of want because yeah. like pulling back it, on a bow and stuff, happen. it feels great. So I think it will happen just because um, the same company I was talking about is like they have the con to make any pretty much like. They're actually probably the company that's going to be making the VR itself because they have the whole contract for PlayStation accessories. Mm -hmm. So they might actually be making that also. Sweet. All right, let's move on to story number four. Uh, Avatar finds a new showrunner. This is from Alyssa Evans over at Screen Rant. Quote, Netflix's upcoming Avatar, the last Airbender live-action series, has officially found a new showrunner. The original... Nickelodeon animated series aired from 2005 to 2008, but experienced a revival in popularity when all three seasons hit Netflix in May of 2020. The show now boasts its longest consecutive run on Netflix's list of top 10 TV series and the title of the streamer's most watched animated kids show in 2020. With that kind of popularity, inevitably comes talks of reboots, sequels, and spinoffs. Brian Konigzekko, I don't know how to say that, and Michael Dante DiMartino, the creators of Avatar The Last Airbender, followed up the original series with The Legend of Korra, which centered around Aang's successor as the Avatar and was generally well-received among fans. M. Night Shyamalan also adapted the original series into a less successful 20, <laughs> 2010 live-action film that was panned by fans and critics alike. In September 2018, Netflix confirmed... Connie Zetko and DiMartino were on board to develop a live-action Avatar series, but the duo exited the project in August of 2020 due to creative differences. Okay, so uh, what do you what do you guys think? I about this? specifically picked this story to get Alan Matt. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> he did. No, he did. He did. He did. He did. I I love Avatar a lot. I just wanted to share my frustration with it. Um, it's, it, it should say something when the original creators leave, when they leave yeah. and say, you're doing, this is not how it should be. And they leave. I, oh, hold on one second. just, just for people to know the, the person taking over is Albert Kim, who has done stuff for Sleepy Hollow and Nikita Good show. and Leverage. So yeah, go ahead. Sorry. That's the new showrunner, right? Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's, I'm. I'm going in with it with low expectations, right? We want the best out of it. Because the last live action, which you just said, the M. Light Shyamalan, was never awful. It, yeah, it should have never <laughs> happened anyway. Like, I, the one clip in my head that I always play, anytime somebody mentions that movie, is like whenever the, <laughs> the Earthbenders, they have four Earthbenders, and they're doing like a dance, like a stomp dance, and a little pebble floats across the screen. <laughs> it's the worst. I, one, yeah. I gotta send it to you. It's the best. 
It's the best. But it's um. People, people told me to skip that movie, so oh, I haven't seen it. Oh yeah, do not watch it. Don't watch yeah. it. Yeah. I, mean, I loved Avatar, so yeah. I, do not I, watch I it. Not yeah. To. So, As your friend, do not watch it. Avatar. <laughs> I I just uh I think what's gonna probably draw me back in is whenever they start releasing like cast name like who's gonna play what, but already seeing. Um, other stuff like I saw another article about this that uh, they're already changing some small stuff I don't know how it's gonna play out, but uh, Katara is gonna actually be older than um, Sokka. She's, she's gonna be an older sister instead of a uh, She said they said she's gonna be like 16 17 and he's gonna be 12 16, still 16 which is Yeah, so I mean like I said, it's like the small things like that and I, it's one of those things that I read I'm like, okay, that's not a big deal. But also like why did you? Why did you tell us that like why what's going on with this? <laughs> So I'm worried about it. I really hope that it's going to be a good thing. I hope I hope it's a, I hope it's well done. I, they have that Netflix money. So um yeah, but I want I want to get obviously uh Alan's opinions on it. Go ahead, Alan. What do you what do you think? All right. So, here we go. I'm sorry in advance, but listen to me. There is no way in and Netflix, I don't know what you're doing because there's no way you can have creative differences with the creators of the show. So it doesn't make any sense to me that you allowed the creators of the show to walk away from the show that with creative differences when they're the creators. You can, like, to me, this is, like, one of the biggest, like, blunders Netflix has ever done because this doesn't make sense to me. You, I again, I don't get how this whole process happened or how you, but... You can't have the guys who created the show and go, hey, we're going to leave because you guys can't agree with what we created. Like, they should have instantly been like, guys, stop. However much money, you, we're wrong. We understand, you guys, this is your baby. You guys have been with the show from the beginning. Like, whatever you guys need, you should, like, they shouldn't even be in the way. Netflix shouldn't have even been in the office. They should have just been like, hey, whatever you guys need, let us know. That's it. Changing the age of Katara is, to me, is a big issue. Because, like, if you guys know the story of Avatar, and I'm not going to, like, ruin it for the people who Go haven't watch seen it. it. But, like, if you know the story, then that becomes an issue later. Like, that becomes an issue for the things that are supposed to happen in the future. So that already, to me, is not a good change already. And then you have, like I said, like, you can't, you just... It just doesn't make any sense to me. So, and I'm, I haven't liked any of, I personally haven't liked any of Netflix's adaptations to things that were live action. Like Death Note, wasn't a fan of that. Like you can't, like they messed up Death Note. And I mean, it's Death Note. Like it's not really that hard to like, just make Death Note like the same thing. <laughs> it's just make it the same. What are we you doing? Have, you have the script there, yeah. So it's like, it's not difficult. So this show, by making these changes, just don't even make it if you're going to make these changes. And I know people want to be creative. What Put the money towards something else. That's why I feel. Have people just watch Avatar. Like, if you want people to understand that story, we don't need another live action. You're just doing this so people can go make, so you can make more money. Because the thing is, you made more money once Avatar went to Netflix anyway. It's because so it's relevant being, right now, yeah. Now you're just being greedy, which is super annoying to me. And I don't like, like, it's just like, um, what, there's a movie, like, 
kind of just talked to this point, but Train to Busan, they're making an American version of Train to Busan, and it's like that movie was perfect already. Just have people watch the original movie. I understand why we're doing this whole like creative thing, and then people are going to go watch it, and then me being upset, I'm going to watch it, and it just they always get us. And in these things, because I need to watch it so I can figure out if it's going to be good or not. And I already know going in, I'm going to be upset because the changes are going to be more drastic than I want them to be as a huge fan of Avatar. I mean, I have, that was literally my first tattoo. So I'm yeah. very upset that you, the Get showrunners, <laughs> are not in, like, not having a part of the show they created. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I completely agree with you because uh, that's like telling me, hey, I'm taking your child and I'm going to raise it now. Yeah, like, <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't make it like the... You don't matter anymore. So I completely agree with everything you said because uh, I'm going into, I'm going to go into it cautiously optimistic, right? I don't pay for Netflix. T-Mobile does that for me. So it's not like I'll be losing out on anything. But I'll have an open mind, right? But just based on one, not having the creators involved and changing some story elements, that's, I feel like that's just a, a, a tragedy, for, tragedy yeah. waiting for to happen. Like, what else mm -hmm. have they planned that they haven't said anything about yet because they know the fans will be pissed off. Mm -hmm. But that being said, I am going to be cautiously op optimistic about it and I will keep an open mind until a certain point because yeah. I've watched the entirety of Avatar three times now, one by myself, one with avery which she loved so it was like a bonding thing and that show just has so much so many life lessons right I, it's bro, so I, unexpected it was, how deep that like, show yeah. is and it just like hit me like what the heck did i just watch yeah. so which is why i watched it so many times mm -hmm. so i am i am kind of weary like should i should i give it a chance or not but i'm gonna see i'll see what happens and i'll just we'll go from there and then i'm sure we'll talk about it once yeah. it finally oh, airs, if sure. it even airs. So. That's what I was just about That's to say. Thing. Yeah. I was just about but to say yeah. that. Like, I, I, I'm glad we're, I'm glad we brought it up, right? Because if it comes out and we watch it, I'm going to clip this. We're going to come back to episode four. <laughs> I'm going to write everything down. And it's either going to be like, we were all right. But I really don't think, I'm going to call it now. I'm going to be bold about it. I don't think it's coming out. And if it does come out, I think they're going to turn it into another movie. I think they're just going to try to make a quick movie out of it uh, so they can, you know, say their money didn't go to waste. But in my opinion, I do not think that show is going to come out at all. I, I think it's going to come out because I feel like that's something that at this point, now that you've had the creators leave, I feel like Netflix is going to try to prove a point to be like, oh, we're Netflix and we can do this kind of thing. And I think also just because of how big Disney Plus's lineup is about to be within the next year, like two years and stuff, Netflix is going to need something that draws people, especially that age audience, because we know if you can bring in the kids, the adults have to watch it too, and then you just have a whole, like, you have a, more of a viewership because the kids are like, hey, I want Netflix, and then the parents get them Netflix so that they can watch this stuff. So, I I mean, and like like I said, with Disney coming out with their ridiculous lineup, from, you know, obviously WandaVision starting, like from WandaVision to like, like they've got like the next three years of just TV content and things coming out that's going to be like, I think Netflix has to come out with it. I just think they're going, like, I don't want to say it's going to be bad because I feel like Netflix does make great TV and I'm not going to sit here and say like, 
I haven't enjoyed a lot of Netflix, but they also make a lot of bad TV like that, yeah. <laughs> that we kind of like, you know, shy away because we only talk about the good stuff, but they make a lot of misses also. So I'm hoping that this show is not a miss. Um, also, just to go back to the M, M. Night movie, the worst part of this is how I knew that movie was going to when they were saying Ong instead of Ang. When you, <laughs> yeah. like, you, M. Night, like, seriously, dude, like, you literally had the creators of the show, you, you listened to it. It's not even like you read it and you still pronounced his name wrong. That's when I was like, oh, we're done. This movie's going to be bad, so... <laughs> That's that's my take. I've never finished oh, okay. it. I've never finished it. I always you get the, I always oh, get, the movie. The movie, the movie. No, the show I've oh, seen okay. many, many times. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And not to be dramatic, but that like Avatar literally changed my life. Like yeah, it, has. it yeah. literally yeah. made me a more spiritual person. Like and all of the stuff, like because that show was it hit home on so many fronts. Like just mm-hmm. to like anytime you watch an episode, like it's just from friendships to like you know spirituality to i mean uncle iroh like i, I mean, was just like seriously iroh Iro like, is like you know what i mean like and i mean you know one of the episodes that literally made me cry i'm not gonna every, say it. don't say it, I'm thinking, but everyone it. knows like i said everyone knows and that's how impactful that show was like i don't even have to say the name of the episode and everybody knows exactly what episode yeah so it, it yeah it's just fantastic so awesome. i really hope they don't mess it up because i like I said, kind of like with the Sony and the computer thing, where I like bringing new audiences so they can see this stuff that I enjoyed, and it's more of a talking point. But like, I really hope they don't mess it up. Also, for since we're short on time, I can't really explain it. But uh, look up that if you know what episode we're talking about, look up the backstory to the episode, no, no, and that'll hit just, you even harder of what, yeah. what what the whole thing's about. All right, so let's move on. We were originally going to talk about Amazon Luna. Uh, for a bit, but we are short on time. We have to get to our uh, theme of the show. But Alan, if you could just give us a quick rundown of what Luna is, and if you can show us that sweet controller you got. All right. So Luna, yes, yeah, exactly. This will lead Mm -hmm. to that. Um, So Luna is basically Amazon's new cloud gaming system. This is their new controller. It's very nice. It's only uh, 40 bucks if you have the early access. I believe they're letting people in if you just sign up. But um, I am going to do a cloud gaming system video. It won't be the next video I do, but it's going to be like within the rotation at some point. But basically, it, it's a cloud gaming. It has um, it's ran by Amazon. You can, it's con- like cloud latency on the controllers, and I'll go into full depth about it when we have like I'll actually make a video on it so you guys can know. So check that out. Sweet. All right. So let's head into our theme. For the show. So for this week, I had the guys come up with what they thought were was one overhyped game that did well, sold well, and was critically, you know, well received, but that they thought was overhyped or just wasn't as good. And then one game that was completely uh, underestimated by people. So with that being said, let's start with Alan. Can you tell me what <laughs> your you. over <laughs> overhyped game is? So tell I'm... us a few reasons why. I'm going to get a lot of, you know, uh, pushback for this because this is a lot of people's favorite version of this game. So my game is Final Fantasy VII. And before you guys come after me, the remake, right? know that I'm a huge... No, not the remake. Oh, the, the, ori- oh okay, okay. The original is... Yeah. I mean, the remake's actually amazing. Yeah. But the um, I love Final Fantasy. I'm a huge Final Fantasy fan. I love all... Like, I love it. And I do love Seven. My issue with seven is a lot of people remember seven 
uh, completely different now because of all of the stories and all of the things that were added to it uh, post its release. When that game originally came out, no one knew what the story was. No one knew what was going on. The, you know, the combat system was great. But besides that, the whole story plot was terrible. Like, it was all over the place. It was jumbled. Like, it was insane to the stuff. Like, people were just like, I don't really know what was going on. And I, when that game came out in 97, uh, one of the biggest reasons why it was the biggest Final Fantasy is because, um, spoiler alert, doo, 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 doo. so spoiler alert, that a character actually dies in that game. And that was the first Final Fantasy that a character actually that you played with permanently died. So they, um, I feel like everyone kind of hypes that moment up. And because the game's characters were so great, because the characters are great, but those characters aren't that great in the game that they're in. Like Sephiroth is a better version of himself in Kingdom Hearts than he is in the original Final Like, and Cloud is a better version of himself in Kingdom Hearts than he is in Final Fantasy VII. So, like, it's it's interesting to me because, and I feel like when that game came out, it wasn't like, it was, everyone was kind of like, oh my god, this is the greatest thing ever. And it was kind of like when you play it, and that's a game I beat multiple times. It's kind of when you play it now, and like, at the time when I originally played it, it was kind of like, eh, it's kind of like, but now knowing all of the story elements, like, it was also a game that didn't have all of its story within the game. Like, they made so many side things so that you can explain the game so that it finally made the original game make sense, which is why I love the remake, because the remake explains all of that in a shorter time, and it's going to be a longer process. So that's my game, because uh, that's how I feel about that. Uh, I My first experience with Final Fantasy was the remake. Uh, I've never played any of them. Uh, I was just doing, like, um, one of the podcasts I listened to kind of did, like, a a book club thing on it so it made me put, kind of play it but uh listening them listening to them compare it to the original they were very hyped about it they they were big fans of the original and that's actually on my list so i'm probably gonna keep an eye out for, yeah. for all the a lot of people love that game it is a it, it is a good game i'm not saying that it's not good it's just at the time when that game came out it's not what it is now like comparatively like with all of the stories that they didn't leave out, like if you played Final Fantasy VII with like no context of what has happened in the last, what, 30 years now or 20 years or whatever how long it's been, like it is a completely like convoluted, weird, doesn't make any sense story. So that's just me. All right. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and talk about my overhyped game. And that one is PUBG. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I know. It's surprising. It's surprising because. PUBG was my most played game for like the longest time. I loved the heck out of that game. Because it was the only uh, Battle Royale it, it, besides yeah, H1. It, it, was, <laughs> it was the game that pretty much introduced or 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 brought to light the Battle Royale uh, genre. It, it kickstarted it. Um, so I, I love the idea of having uh, to work your way all the way to the end and be the last one standing. That was such a cool and, and innovative idea at, at that time. And to be able to play it on Xbox is really cool after seeing it on PC. Uh, the gameplay was super exciting. You had to make sure you, you had all the loot ready, your weapons were good to go, and you had to know the map because otherwise you would just get shot from a mile away. <laughs> uh, 
and the map the map was beautiful it was huge open world i think that was the first time that we had something this big in a multiplayer game right i, I can't well, think of another game that was besides you know uh what um probably gta right but i wouldn't consider GTA, it i mean it's not a battle yeah, royale but, but it's like multiplayer right. yeah but h1 h1's map was pretty big if i remember yeah, it correctly but the way was... they didn't h1's map the way they got away with it though was that they didn't put a lot in it it was a, it's a lot no, of the yeah, same it wasn't like they just kind yeah. of copied and pasted neighborhoods around well yeah and they the didn't houses. put like you couldn't go into every yeah yeah i, I think you're yeah. right yandy i think it was, so, was like one of the um, biggest but the reason why i think it was overhyped is because it just it was constantly in a state of beta alpha testing right it it would always crash uh, every single t every almost every single game for the first first few days first week when it came out on xbox there would be a crash you know you'd get down to like the top 10 and then boom you crash out there were the textures were terrible or they wouldn't pop in at all <laughs> you would just see blurs everywhere the the buildings would just be like look like clay models of of the buildings the rendering the was awful <laughs> yeah, the loot in the beginning was way too random, and there's no real hot spots to go. Like you didn't really have a place to go. Like, like eventually the school became the hot spot, you know, um, and just visual glitches everywhere. And that's mainly why I think it was overhyped because when it worked, it worked fine. But a majority of the time, you have to deal with crashes, with crappy graphics, and just infuriating. Uh, gameplay at times so that is my overhyped game was that also uh, was that also the first game to start like introducing uh early act like putting the early access title on the game no. like because after that i felt like after a while all these games were just like hey it's an early access for for xbox possibly yeah, yeah uh, it, it was, there's been a lot of um, on steam yeah early access so, has been around for a while but xbox had that special preview plan oh like, yeah, yeah okay. that you could do but it was like xbox it was, it was one of xbox's like original preview games so yeah in that sense it was like one of its first ones all right chris can you tell us why you think skyward sword is overhyped yeah my pick was skyward sword <laughs> all right i kind of thought of this uh when yendi asked us to do this i did think of uh i didn't think of this correctly but um anyway skyward sword recently announced for the hd version coming out uh i feel like with the overhype it's gonna um uh, the the remake of it or not the remake but the report of it for the switch is gonna fix a lot of these issues this game got tens all across the board from different companies um uh specifically I'm, i i always uh read game informer and stuff like that uh they gave it a perfect 10 but the thing was, is obviously it's a Zelda game, right? A lot of the Zelda games come out hot. They always get the perfect score or close to a perfect score and everybody loves them. But for this one specifically, it got so, uh, it was what brought it down was just the controller play. So a lot of people love the story. They love the gameplay. They think this is a lot of people's uh, top Zelda, even above um, Breath of the Wild. Ocarina. No, not Ocarina. Breath of the Wild. Uh, there's actually quite a few people that don't like Breath of the Wild at all, and I think it was a perfect game. I love that game <laughs> to death. Um, but the gameplay, uh, if you go back on YouTube or anything and you watch people play it, uh, you have a Wii, like a ghost Wii controller on the right side of the screen that just never leaves. It stays right there the whole game. 
And usually it's only in the beginning whenever you're training and it's teaching you like, oh, press A to, you know, jump. No, it just stays there. There's no turning it off. Also, the the motion controls, I get that they liked the idea like, oh, people are, you know, swinging. You're, you get to swing a sword and stuff like that. But after a while, like, I want to put my hours into this game. I don't want to have to keep swinging my arm <laughs> sitting on the couch like, do the thing. <laughs> so yeah, I think the no, HD like, version, yeah, I think it was very overhyped for that reason. Uh, it was just kind of... It it was kind of like whenever the Wii came out and it was just a new thing that it was just like, oh my gosh, you get to move around and you're controlling the game yourself instead of just using a controller. You actually you actually have to move to get your character to do something. Uh, and it, it actually ended up being its like downfall. So um, yeah, I'm excited for the HD version to come out so I can actually, I, I don't mind the whole analog swiping sword thing. I think I'll be okay with that. But yeah, that was my game. All right, and uh, tell us why you think... Uh... Mirror's Edge was underestimated. Mirror's Edge, okay. <laughs> Mirror's Edge is in my top 10 games of all time. Oh, yes. Dang. I love that game so much. The original, the Catalyst, was, or Mirror's Edge Catalyst, I liked a lot too because it brought up uh, uh, Open World. And I think they could continue the series. I really do think they continue, but it's it's it didn't get enough support. It was kind of one of those games that just flew under the radar. And the way I got into it was... Um, I think I was playing on my Xbox 360 and it was advertised that they had a free demo on the, on the store and I tried it. And, um, back then my dad only let me get one game a year. He was very strict on video games and I, every game I picked, I had to make sure like, okay, I can, I can replay this, beat it all the way through and stuff like that. And that was a game I beat at least four or five times. It's like next to portal for me, like portal. I can just jump in and just play the whole game over and over again. Um, yeah, it's underestimated, man. The gameplay, the parkour, everything. I loved the whole story of. I wish they kind of tapped more into the messenger story, like because you're a mess. You're basically a messenger in the game, but it takes a whole twist and turn of uh, getting framed and everything like that. But um, yeah, it's a it's a game that I think everybody should definitely check out. I think the Catalyst is actually on Game Pass, um, so you can try it out. But the the mechanics of that game was great. Uh, I know a lot of people are going to roast me for like, oh, they just, you know, copy and pasted the hallways that, you know, just reverse the hallways. Still great. It was smooth. I love the first person <laughs> running aspect of it. Well, yours is, yours is, uh, it's a good pick for underestimated. Mine, on the other hand, is going to be very controversial with a lot of people, but uh, I, I don't know what it was. I, I can't tell you guys what it is, but my underestimated game... <laughs> <laughs> Was uh, the Order eighteen eighty six one of the original launch titles for the PlayStation four? Uh, I'm telling you, it had to be like the right the right mix of everything in order to to be on this list right now because it it came out during a time where I just I was exhausted just playing the same kind of games over and over you know just putting in ten twelve. 20 30 hours into games i i didn't want to do that anymore you know at that time i think dark souls uh the series was super popular yeah that got old quick to me because i i hate getting my ass beat like 24 7 you know like (laughs) nonsense so for me uh i think the order 1886 was under uh underestimated because it had a small world it was small uh and linear but it still it had this um 
had something about it that 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 seemed very fleshed out like if they would have explored more or maybe not have been as linear as they were i think that would have definitely added to the experience uh graphically for for the time whenever the ps4 came out it was beautiful there's yeah, no I w- denying that that game was absolutely beautiful and it really showed what the ps4 could do the the quick time events which was a lot of people's like biggest negative with the game that pretty much all the fights were just quick time events where you just button smash a button uh i found that to be uh relaxing i found it to be a nice way to just coast through the game coast through the story and speaking of which the story itself was short i think the game only took like four six hours at most if you really took your time but i liked the story i liked how it ended and i really do think that if it would have sold a little bit better and they made a sequel that sequel could have been a complete hit because of how solid a foundation they had i think with the original game so i i am looking forward to a sequel sequel to them Mm -hmm. uh i know that the studio now is uh no longer a sony exclusive anymore i believe or the 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 title the ip is no longer sony exclusive so i hope and pray cross my fingers that they do make (laughs) a new order game because i will play it like i was generally one thousand percent surprised i'm like why are people hating this game it's it wasn't but, i don't think it was a hate like i didn't hate it it just it didn't pull me in as quick i gave it time and it just didn't pull me in but i, I you're not the only one yeti because i looked it up uh, i might have to give this game another chance on the side while we're in this you know period of like no games um but uh, you know 3.9 from gamestop 6.5 on ign and 63 percent on metacritic and a lot of the comments are like uh the game's not bad at all like it just like the ending's great um it just same thing with what you said it's just like they got to the people that didn't play it that are saying it sucked there's people defending it that said like you have to get to a certain point and then you'll see why it's a good game so i guess it just didn't have a setting yeah it just didn't have a strong start you know but it's just like the characters were good the setting was awesome it was like victorian era and you had weapons and stuff it was such a badass concept for the time it's just i think that's part of what drew me in as well Alan, you got any thoughts on uh, the most underrated game of the uh, decade? Uh, no. Um, I do have some thoughts. Uh, I disagree. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> I disagree <laughs> about it being the most uh, in the, of that decade. I think okay. what happened with, with, uh, and I, I'll give it another go, but I, I did play halfway through that game and I just, I couldn't beat it. But I think what happened was that game was really hyped in the sense of before oh, yeah. it came out. Like, and a lot of people were like, this is going to be the best game we've played. And because it was, um, you know, beginning of the year, I mean, beginning of the PS4's launch, everyone was like, this is going to be fantastic. Yeah, it's going to show you. Yeah, it is going to show you all the power of the PS4, which graphically I 100% agree. The graphics on that game was phenomenal. But like the gameplay to me was just not what I felt they promised. And I think also back in 2015, I would go in with an expectation and I was like, oh, I'm expected to play like one of the best games I've ever played. And then I played it and then I was kind of like, this game's kind of boring to me. Like, I wasn't really thrilled with anything. I didn't feel like it did anything new personally. I just felt like at the time when I was playing it, I was just playing like a game that I've already played before. And I think that's why for me, I think as I believed that hype and then when I played it, it just wasn't the hype that I thought it would be. So 
that could be a me thing. So mm-hmm. who knows? Well, Alan, um, let us know why you thought that Sleeping Dogs was underestimated. Oh my gosh, Sleeping Dogs! It to me is the best game, the most underrated game that anyone has like never played. Uh, it's basically GTA, but you're literally it's all kung fu. So like me being a person who loves karate games, I mean who loves karate, who loves kung fu movies, who loves all that stuff, this game literally spoke to me. And it was just like you're literally this character and it's GTA. You get drive cars, you can steal cars, you're you actually had uh this game gave you a choice because in the game you're actually a cop. And uh you could be that good it was one of the first games that I played that was like kind of like infamous where it was like good cop bad cop like you could have a good cap like and then uh depending on what you pick you got different uh move sets from that so like if i went the good cop route you could do it you get like a completely different set of moves and a different uh set of um buffs and stuff like that and the game was super detailed it was made by square enix and um i like i, I played this game this game came out in uh 2012 and I know this because I got it the day before my birthday because that's when it came out. And I was like, I literally played this game my whole birthday in 2012. Like, I played this game for maybe 10 hours straight on my birthday. And it was an Xbox 360 game. Uh, I think it came out for all of them. But, I mean, this game had everything. It had the fast cars. It had the combat system was amazing. You could go to different dojos to learn different moves. Like, I actually have bought the game three times. I have it for Xbox 360, PlayStation. And I just recently bought it on PC again. Yeah, I was about to because say, I was Steam. like, yeah, because I was like, I got to play this game again. And like, I thoroughly enjoyed this game. It, the story was dope. The, um, the, you, the world was very unique. Even, um, it was one of the first games where you could actually go change your clothes also. Like you could make a whole new outfit, um, depending on what you did, got you new outfits. It, it's amazing. And, uh, just talking about it makes me want to play it again. But um, Sleeping Dogs was simply fantastic. I feel like anytime I mention it, nobody knows what the heck I'm talking about. So that's why, to me, it's underappreciated because, like, anybody I talk about it with is like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then it was one of those um, games that I saw on the shelf all the time. Like, I, I yeah. like I've seen that cover so many mm-hmm. times, and I had no like. I just looked up the trailer while you were telling me about yeah. it. And I was like, oh, so I, good. I looked at, it, and I was like, oh, this might have been one of those ones I missed out on. Yeah, it looks the, pretty the cool. Game, yeah. It's such a fun game to play. It's single player. Um, there's just so many things to do in that game itself. And it just, like I said, being the Kung Fu element, that was something that we really get. We don't get a lot of games where you can just like strictly just fight like it's hand-to-hand combat kind of stuff. So that whole like genre, I feel like was unexplored. And to have a game that is like that and where you're in Hong, like, you know, in Hong Kong and you're doing those kind of things, it's just... To me, I was just like, this game's amazing, and I think people should play it, and no one has, so that's why I feel like it's underappreciated. Yeah, I've always heard about Sleeping Dogs. Uh, Charles is one of the people that uh, always told me about it. I think uh, uh, it was either that game or Mafia, but he's always telling me about Sleeping Dogs and how good it is, and I, just like Chris, I always saw it everywhere, and it was very, uh, very prevalent for a while there but i just never got around to playing it because i was probably playing some halo or something like that what city yeah. are you uh, in like what city are you in, in uh, the game? i think it's hong kong i it think you hong are kong? in hong okay. yeah uh if i'm not mistaken because i think that because you deal with the the triads in that game yeah. so i would say yeah it's, it's, it's hong kong and you like everything the scenery is so beautiful also for a game that came out when it did but like also you can get buffs like going to the street corner to get like 
like pork buns and stuff. It just, the game, like I said, in general was just amazing. And I feel like it was one of those games that flew under the radar because I forgot what came out. Something, a big game came out around that time also that kind of like swept it under the rug, but it was, it was pretty like, it, it's just such a good game and I can't talk enough about it. Like I would, I'm actually probably going to play it again. After Not Skyrim, <laughs> right? Did, did Skyrim come out in 2012? I don't know. 2011. Yeah, it was uh, August-ish. Around then, Journey was pretty big. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, that's not really... Nothing? Well, I don't... Uh, yeah, Journey was the the game of the year for that year, so... That's crazy. I don't know, man. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, uh, we have reached the end of the show, but before we say goodbye, Alan, do you want to tell us about the podcast update? I think we're on yes. Apple Podcasts now. Well, no, we're still working on that. We're almost there. We just need Apple is set, uh, reviewing us now. It should take maybe uh, it usually says, you know, anywhere from a week to three weeks. But most of the places that have said that have came back to us maybe in two or three days. So um, we did just join Stitcher, though. So uh, pretty much anywhere. Uh, I, we also have a link tree with a um, with our QR code that we'll be sending out. Uh, so you guys can follow us on either of those channels. But again, we're on Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, um, uh, Amazon Music. We're on pretty much all the big platforms besides Apple, and we're hoping to be on Apple. So, Actually, update to that. I just got an email from them, from Apple. It says that the podcast has been approved. And you so we're officially on Apple. On the, yeah, you should <laughs> see it in the iTunes store within the next few hours. So it could already be there. Yep. Uh, so yeah, keep keep an eye out for us on Apple uh, Podcasts. You heard it here uh, first, so, guys. It's sponsored by yeah. Apple. <laughs> well, I don't so, know. So <laughs> I want to tell you, before we go, I just want to tell you that I have a video coming out tomorrow at 1, and it's me basically talking about what I think the next Battlefield will need to succeed in this uh, crazy uh, world of giant Battle Royale behemoths. Like, <laughs> So uh, it'll be out tomorrow. Keep an eye out for that, 1 o'clock. And until then, make sure to follow us on social media. We are on Twitter at OfficialLPFT. On YouTube, you got to search for us in the search bar. We might not show up at first. We don't have a specific URL yet. Well, Uh, we're getting there, but I think because we're posting the most, um, we are showing up more. Uh, Yeah. You should be able to go in and put in. unique. Yeah. And then yeah. also here on Twitch, make sure you are following us. We are uh, twitch.tv slash lastplacefireteam. Make sure you follow us. And if you could really help us out by sharing uh, our content with your friends on Facebook, Twitter, just let them know if, if this is something that they, they like to check us out, subscribe, follow. Uh, we do have YouTube. We have a podcast that comes out on Wednesdays. Uh, mm-hmm. Usually our YouTube videos come out uh was it uh, Wednesday as well, right? Yeah. And Wednesday then we also. have this live show will be up on our YouTube channel on Fridays. So if you mm-hmm. miss it live, you can watch it again on Fridays. Um, but if you watch so it yeah, live, you- if you watch it live on Twitch, you get all the the swear words. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, true too. But stuff like that. Uh, I think that's all I have. Oh, Do you guys uh, have any closing thoughts? Yeah. Ahead, one please. thing. Uh, this Thursday is PlayStation State of Play. Uh, I don't remember. They said they're streaming it at 2 p.m. I don't know if it's specific time or Eastern time. Um, just follow our Twitter. We will be streaming our reactions. 
I know I'll be there. Did you guys say you guys are in? Yes. I'll okay, so all yeah, three of us will be, be will be streaming it, and you can come watch it with us here on our channel. And hopefully we'll have the a lot better than Nintendo. Yeah. Yes, hopefully. But and then we'll also have the podcast version of that on the same day because I'll just make it and then drop it in of our reaction and stuff, kind of like we did with the Nintendo thing. So just look for us, like Yendi said, look for us everywhere. We'll next week have the link tree in, so you guys can just click it and then have uh, the choice, whatever. And one last thing, I almost forgot. I forgot to mention it. Let me go get it real quick. Uh oh, what's he gonna show us here? What do we got? Uh oh, he's bringing out one of his uh, the collection. Let's see. There's a lot in here. He he doesn't know what he's looking for. Uh, also, he's keep an eye out, guys. Now. We're gonna be posting up our email soon, so you guys can leave questions, uh, or if you guys come up with like a little game we could play on the podcast, help the show. Oh, uh, and yeah, he's back. Yeah, here he is. Okay, so eventually, I, I don't know when exactly yet, but we are going to do a mouse giveaway of a, a Ponage Ultra Custom that will be modded by me. And right now, it is currently using a shell that is in our color. Nice. Which, and these are, hey, these I got are interchangeable, right? So the cool thing is there's different colored shells. You what? can take it out, swap this out, and you can have different colored shells. Cool. So everything will be modded by me, ready to go. It's brand new, pretty much. I haven't used it. Uh, but this will be a giveaway. So please make sure that you are following us on socials, uh, YouTube, to be notified for when that does happen. I'm hoping it's soon. Obviously, we want to try to get more people to watch us and follow us to be able to give it out You know, to those, probably to those loyal ones. It'll be a random thing. But yeah, just keep an eye on social media. Make sure to follow us and share our socials if you really like our stuff and you so, know yeah. what i'm a plug i'm a plug the business all right if you guys need uh your mouse fixed keyboard fixed clean all right modded follow, modded everything all right make sure to follow yendi's page uh on twitter um uh he does reasonable prices and uh he gets you he'll get you hooked up thanks yeah, yeah. so yeah just let me know Send, uh but make sure to follow us and uh yeah. thank you so much for joining us on this week's show next week chris may be hosting uh possibly yeah. Yeah. and we may or may not have a guest we will let you know for sure uh until then though uh thank you so much for joining us for this hour and a half and we'll see you next tuesday see you guys later Fire Fire team team out. Out.